0: Be clearly whatever it is you want us to hear in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So we're kicking off this week. Uh, we're going to start a new unit with you guys. And it's called 1v1. Everyone say 1v1. 1v1. Who can tell me what 1v1 means? Zay. You, you and one other person. Come on down. You won a dollar. Not a 20, just a dollar. But hey, that can get you adapted at the carnival. Okay. Come on. Work with me. I was like, gang. I'm eating good tomorrow. <laughs> 1v1 is this idea of you versus one other person. And we're going to spend the next several weeks talking about 1v1. And um, I used to play basketball back in the day, believe it or not. And I never challenged anyone in a 1v1 game. And there's a reason for that. It's called because I'm smart. And I know my limits, okay? And so I'm like a short butterball turkey. Short Ground in all the wrong places, right? So when you're short and you're trying to play basketball, it doesn't serve you well. And I grew up with four older brothers, and so every night after we did chores, after we did homework, after we had family dinner, me and my sister would go out and play basketball with my brothers. And I never really learned the confidence or the skill needed to take someone in a one versus one battle. But... I could block anyone out all the way to China and get any rebound needed. I could set picks, you guys know what a pick, they call the a screen now. I could set picks and screen so fierce, girls would just run into me and fall flat. It happened, I'm telling you, it happened. I learned how to use my butterball physique to my advantage. And I may not have ever challenged anyone in a 1v1, but boy, was I gonna set a screen on you, and you were gonna pay if you tried to get around me. Because it'd just be like, I'd stand firm, I'm like, boom, like a wall, Tara, like a wall. <laughs> and these little girls, the size of my left leg, would come running, and they'd bump into me, they'd go, ah, and then <laughs> And then my team, could make a breakaway to the basket, and they would score. Those were my glory days of basketball. One v one, it's this idea of one person versus another person i want to show you guys a video i think we've got that pulled up here and um as i was preparing for this tonight i was doing a youtube search for a tug of war video not thinking there's gonna be like kids playing tug of war right yeah. guys they have all out tug of war championships okay <laughs> so i want you to check out this video we're gonna dim the lights but just watch just watch Okay, impressive. Like you're holding your stance, cool socks, nice boots, bro, right? Like who watches this stuff? Well, I did today, now you are tonight. It is so they're holding it, but I'm going to ask them to skip through to the end. This going to be epic. I, you're like on the edge of your seats, I can tell. This goes straight on for 10 minutes? Yes. Did I watch all 10 minutes? No. I didn't. I forwarded it. But the end is incredible, that's good right there. Check this out, this is where the struggle becomes intense. It's like they've got a coach. Like, what does the coach say? Hold the rope, fellas, hold the rope. (laughs) You know, how do you coach tug of war? I don't know. But watch, this is where it gets intense, they're bending, the other team's struggling. All these grown men with these huge muscles pulling on the same rope. I mean, that's impressive. (laughs) Frankly, after 30 seconds of this, I'm quitting, y'all can win. Mm -mm. But notice the ground. Notice the shoes they're wearing. Notice the struggle. Classic coach in wind pants and Apollo, right there. <laughs> okay, we can stop it right there. We're, we're not going to finish this. I'll just tell you that that team right there is the team that ends up winning. But here's the point. This is listen, listen. I'm not going to be long. Here's the point. This is what you and I do with Jesus every single day of our lives. We have this tug of war, one v one, us versus God. And we dig our feet in and we try to persist. Y'all can flip the mains back on. We, we try to persist and we try to make things our way. Like, is Burger King happy your way, right way? And we're like, uh-uh, God, you going to do things on my timetable, sir. Now, you might not say those words, but you live those words every day. And every day, you and I are in this tug of war with the God of the universe. Because I don't know how much time you've spent in his word, but let me break it down for you. God asks you to do things that, frankly, are hard and uncomfortable and unfair. And most of the time, it doesn't line up with what you and I want to do, right? Someone makes me mad, I'm going to knock their block off. You know what God says? Forgive and be kind. Someone takes something of mine, I'm going to tell them what's up. The Bible says, Tara, give them whatever else you have. And so there's this tug of war, there's this pulling back and forth, there's this wrestling between what the God of the universe says and what you and I say in our flesh. It's one, vis- one versus one. We're going to spend the next couple weeks talking about soil. And, and Josh, if you'll come up here and hold this, please. And, and we've taught this to you before at our Bible Club, but we're going to put a different spin on it. And there's a parable in the Bible. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Everyone say parable, parable. earthly story, Early story. Heavenly, meaning. heavenly meaning. And Jesus taught in parables all the time, and there's four types of soil. And before we get into this, here's what you need to understand. When I say the word soil, that represents the condition of your heart. Okay? And when I say seed, it represents the word of God. And so there's four types of soil. And the first soil it is the hard soil. Actually, before I do this, well, the first soil okay, so we got hard soil, we got rocky soil, thorny soil, and then good soil. I'm sorry, there's one more video. Y'all can play that. Y'all were way right ahead of me, as always. <laughs> my bad. Oops. So check this out, and then um, remember soil represents your heart. Everyone say the soil is my heart. Soil is my heart. And the seed is God's word. Okay, check this and we'll continue on. Well, Behold, the sower went out to sow. As he was sowing, some seed fell beside the south road, and the birds came and ate it up. Another seed fell on the rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of soil, and after the sun had risen, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. Other seeds fell into the good soil, and as they grew up and increased, they yielded a crop and produced talk about Jesus, this is scripture, and I believe it's in Matthew or Mark, somewhere between Genesis and Revelation. I should have looked it up. I, I didn't. But basically what that's talking about is Jesus is saying, look, your heart is like soil, and the seed is the is God's word. It's the truth. And depending on the condition of your heart determines if something grows. Okay? And So here's our four types of soil. The hard soil. The hearts are like rock. They're hard. Nothing can get in. It's people who believe, but the devil snatches up the seed and they don't understand anything about Jesus. Some of you tonight have this hard soil. And that's why you come on Monday nights and you don't really get anything. And you're just kind of like, oh, whatever, like don't even care. And we pray for you. For those of you with hard soil, we pray for you. Some of you in this place tonight, you have rocky soil. And rocky soil is a little bit better than hard soil, but it's still not ideal. And rocky soil represents this. People who believe in Jesus and the word of God, but as soon as they get made fun of, or as soon as hard things happen, they turn away from following and believing in Jesus. It's easy to believe that God is good when things go your way, isn't it? But as soon as parents get divorced someone you love dies, someone gets locked up, all of a sudden you're jaded. And your heart starts getting hard towards God. And you start saying things, man, like, God, if you're good, then why did you let this happen? That's rocky soil. And you know what? If you're here tonight and you have rocky soil, we love you. And we pray for you. We pray that God will give you hearts of good soil. The next kind of soil is thorny soil. Thorny soil. Thorny soil. And thorny soil is certainly better than rocky soil, but it's not ideal. Because thorny soil represents when something better comes along, you stop following Jesus. You stop believing. We see this all the time at House of Faith. You guys get plugged in and you start coming, and then you get a job or you start dating someone. Or the carnivals in town, shout out to all you homies tonight who kept the real candy. Three, two, one. Okay? Bam, bam something better comes along or what you define as better than jesus your sin or your favorite pleasure you stop following jesus and some of you tonight have thorny soil but you know what we love you and we pray and we ask god that he give you hearts full of good soil and not thorny soil and the last kind of soil is good soil good soil are people whose hearts are soft and tender Open to instruction and correction. Do you get offended when someone tries to correct you? Don't answer. But if you get offended when someone tries to correct you, that is an instant answer of how your heart is. Because if someone corrects you and your first response is, we get this all the time. Oh man, y'all get on Monday nights of this. Psh, miss, Psh, I was. Hey Terry, what do you do on Monday nights? Huh, hang out with (laughs) the... Because that's what y'all do! We ask you to quit talking, we give you the eyes, you know the eyes, ready? But you know what? We love you. And we care about your soil. So, good soil. You are open to instruction and correction. Your heart is soft and tender. And when you have good soil in your heart, you not only grow closer to Jesus, but it becomes contagious because the ones around you start to watch. Those who are engaged with worship on Monday night, you have good soil. You have good soil. Those of you who are like completely checked out are like, oh, I don't even know what we're doing. Homegirl behind me can't see. And they sound awful up there. Can I find anyone else? Not that you would say that. But that's a good indication of what your heart is. Everyone say Jesus. Thank you. I'm done. What kind of soil do I have? have? Now I want you to say it like you mean it, just not like you're participating. Close your eyes and say "Jesus." Jesus. What kind of soil do I have? Now, here's the catch, okay? Open your eyes, check this out. Nobody starts off with a good heart. Nobody, right? So, like, one of my favorite scriptures is this Jeremiah 17 9. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Mm, That's a little bit dramatic, isn't it? (laughs) I mean, you could have just said wicked, or kind of wicked, or a little wicked. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. (laughs) That's what it says. I'm not making that up. And here's how it is. Listen to this. Who really knows how bad it is? I'll tell you who knows how bad it is. And it's God. Because he created you. And it all started back in Genesis. Adam and Eve had this perfect garden. I I know I've talked to you guys about this before. Perfect, it was beautiful, and there was no sin. And they had perfect fellowship with God the Father. But there was one rule: don't mess with the tree in the middle. What did Adam and Eve do? They stripped out, they messed with the tree that God said not to mess with, and boom, sin enters the world, and everyone's hearts become wicked. But not just wicked, desperately wicked. And I'm not just talking about your heart, I'm talking about my heart. That's a little awkward to say in front of your parental units. Hi, Mom and Dad. Welcome to Texas. My heart is desperately wicked. (laughs) How you doing? (laughs) But that's what Scripture says. That's what Jeremiah 17.9 says. At the start of every day, in the middle of every day, and at the end of every day, you and I are faced with a choice. We will either listen to the voice of God or we will listen to ourselves. Girls, in the back, don't miss this. Don't talk while I'm talking. It's too important for you. At the beginning of every day, in the middle of every day, and at the end of every day, you and I will have a choice, and we will either listen to the voice of God, or we will listen to ourselves. And I'm going to be real clear with you. Every single time you listen to yourself above the voice of God, you get it wrong. You get it wrong, and I get it wrong. Romans 3.23 says this, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Translation, we've missed the mark. And do you know why we missed the mark? We missed the mark because the soil of our hearts is junk. It's hard and it's rocky and it's stormy. Because we're mad at God for how things in our life have played out. We love our sin more than we love God. Right? Our hearts are full of crappy soil, man. And when that happens, God's word gets planted. Every Monday night, we're teaching you the word of God. We are encountering the spirit of the living God here every Monday night. The one true God, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the big G, not the little G. The big G God is in this place every Monday night because the Bible says that where two or more are gathered, he is in their midst. And over half of you miss it because your hearts are so dead whole. And we don't just show up on Monday nights to have a program because there's nowhere else to be and nothing else to do. We show up because God's word is powerful and it is truth and it will set you free and it will radically change your life. But you miss it. Not because we're not doing our job, but because your hearts are full of bad soil. And we're going to spend the next four weeks talking about that. We're going to look in detail about what that looks like in... And what do you do if you do have a hard heart? What do you do if you do have rocky soil? Because here's the good news. Your life will never be perfect. And you will go through stages of all the soils. There will be times in your life when your heart is hard. And then there's going to be times when your heart is full of good soil. And there's going to be times where your heart is full of rocky soil and thorny soil. And God has the power to change it all. And he's not tripping out on you tonight. He's not mad at you because your heart is hard. He loves you. He loves you. Choices every single day. Me versus God. Each day we are torn in conflict with doing the right thing and doing the wrong thing that our flesh so desperately wants to do. Do you know what I want to do above all else? I always want to do the wrong thing. Anyone else? Okay had a pink frosted sugar cookie for breakfast this morning with a Diet Coke. Terrible. That's not breakfast. But I called it breakfast. I'm like, that's okay. But really, that's not okay. That's terrible. That is going to give me zero nutrient brain power for the day, and someone like me needs all the help I can get. But you and I, we want to do the wrong thing all the time because our hearts aren't just wicked, but they're what? Desperately wicked. Encounter, everyone say encounter. encounter. Listen to this definition, I'm almost done. To meet as an adversary or enemy, to engage in conflict with, to come upon face to face, to come upon or experience, especially unexpectedly. We see God as an enemy, God sees us as friends. We don't have time for God in the middle of our day, but God spends all day waiting for us just to talk to us. Hi, Tom, how's your time. I'll see you with that cookie baby girl. We see God as an enemy because the soil of our hearts is bad. But God sees us as friends. And he loves us. Where do you and I get off thinking that we know better than God? That we somehow know more than God. (laughs) That somehow God has gotten it all wrong and he needs us to step in and save the day. 10 years ago, I drove to Texas for an internship. I went to school in Illinois. I quit a good paying job, made $15 an hour, had overtime every week, incredible benefits. I was close to my family. And I spent 24 hours in my little two-door white Honda Civic driving down here. In February of 2008, there was snow on the ground when I left. The further south I got, the hotter it got. I went from having my heat on to my AC on, all in a period of one day. And when I saw the signs in Texas that said Bridge May Ice, I thought it was a joke. (laughs) And so I saw like more than 10 signs. I was like, okay, maybe they actually get ice. And you know what I did the whole drive? This is what I did. God, you're an idiot. Like, you have no idea what you're doing. This is the worst idea ever. you got it all wrong. Ten years later, guess who's eating those words? With my pink frosted sugar cookie every morning because it turns out that God knew exactly what he was doing but I was so full of pride and self that I had the audacity and the nerve and the boldness and the foolishness for 20 hours in a car to tell God that he was wrong and he had it all wrong and I spent the last 10 years telling him with all due respect you were right sir, I apologize you do a really great job of being God Thank you. Honestly, every single time you and I choose to do our own thing instead of what God says, we are saying this, God, you don't know what you're doing. We might not ever actually verbally speak those words out loud, but every time you and I choose sin or choose to do our own thing over what God says to do, you and I are saying, God, you stink at being God. And you don't know what's best. I've got my life. I'm going to do me. As much as y'all, us, everyone and I, man, y'all do that to God all the time. And you know what? I do that to God too. I'm not proud of that, but I'm going to keep it real with you. I'm not going to stand up here and act like I have it all together because I'm just like you. Just older. Not as cool. Definitely not as smart. But I give God attitude all the time. Where do I get off thinking that somehow I know better than God? The soil of our hearts. The soil of our hearts. Thousands of choices every single day. Thousands of choices. Every choice we are faced with is an opportunity to move from fighting against God to fighting for and with God. There ought to be 400 teenagers in here every Monday night. There should be. There are teenagers in San Angelo that don't know the good news of Jesus Christ. And you do. And what are you doing with that? Are you telling your friends at school? Some of you are. But some of you go to school totally misrepresenting Jesus Christ. Man, you'll wear your house of faith shirt and be dropping F-bombs left and right because it's the end thing to do. What are you doing with what you know? What are you doing with the good news of Jesus Christ? We shouldn't have to coax you into worship. We shouldn't have to get up here and hype you up and say, it's time to worship God. We, we shouldn't have to tell you to be quiet during the sermon because you should have that much respect for the word of God that you can't wait to hear what he has to say. That's a heart full of good soil. Thousands of choices every single day. We're going to watch a video and then I'm going to close this.